nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd! Holy crap, are we nerdy? Welcome to this very special episode of Nerdables. This week is the show I've been waiting for. Why is it very special? Because it's Ready Player One. Oh yeah, the thing that you've been obsessed about for the last six weeks of your life that nobody knew you were into for the six years before. Well, the funny thing is, when I first read it years ago, thing you know, I, I first liked it. You know, I paid. It was really cool, but I'm also in a different place in my life where I've hit middle age and my middle age crisis of. Oh no, you... your middle age crisis started like <laughs> 20 years ago. But for the last few. No, years, really, honestly, I, I had no idea that you liked this at all. Even when the first trailer came out, and the second trailer. It was literally like two weeks before the movie opened where you but, just started talking well, about how much you loved it and everything. I was very which skeptical Which is really about interesting this. because there's a lot of stuff like that with you. Not where always. It's just, oh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff where it's just this, like, switch. You've literally worn a Ready Player One shirt every day I've seen you since WonderCon. But you haven't seen me with It doesn't days. matter. Oh, no. I've seen you three or four or five or six times. We've recorded three times since WonderCon. Well, I wore it today. And I wore you all Ethan three days. I going to go see the movie. Jesus Christ, I'm a stick. Um... <laughs> And yeah. since we're recording it. And yeah. last week I wore But no, it's just because this, this was Doctor Who. This was Breaking Bad. This was Winter Soldier. Well, okay, Breaking Bad and this Doctor was Guardians. Who. No, this Winter was... Soldier. Winter, well, I never... I mean, no, no. Winter Again, Soldier Winter Soldier was sort of... Uh, but as soon as the movie came, like, I'm all okay, about well, the Winter that... Soldier. I'm all about Bucky. Bucky's see, my he's favorite cap. My, he's, he's always my been favorite my favorite person. character. Yeah, but you don't say a word. That's the thing. Well, all of a sudden, it just comes out and explodes. And it literally comes out of nowhere. The, well, and then it's like... With Ready seems Player like One, you're a little upset about it, huh? It just seems like you're a little upset. About no, no, upset. It's just something that I've noticed. With Ready Player One, though, I read it when it first came out, and it kind of, you know, it was cool. I read, it, I enjoyed, it, I loved it, and then I put it away, and I didn't read it again, or even really think about it until month before the movie, or two, maybe a month and a half, two months before the movie came out. Until someone said, "Hey, wait, I think we can make some money on this concept," and then. I reread it, and I forgot how much I really enjoyed it. And also being in a different place in my life now, where I've last couple of years I've really started to have a longing. See, the weird thing is, is longing that, for the seventies and eighties stuff that I grew up with. But honestly, I think the further you get away from that, the further you realize that that doesn't mean anything. That's what? the weird thing. No, the, the mean, book. I mean, it's like you get it the first time you read it or you go through it or whatever. And it's like, oh my god, this is a great concept, and this was fun. But when you really know the concept and you read it, it's nothing there. No, I get, I get what you're saying because you, you're right. I mean, when I did first read it, I had that, I, I had that initial reaction. Like I'm reviewing the book now. instead of the movie. Well, but I had that initial reaction that I did now. But because there wasn't any further media with it or anything further, you know, going on with it anymore. It just became a passing thing because the way it is with pop culture now, and we, we talk about this with movies, there is something right on top of it that, you know, that starts right up. When was it announced that it was going to be a movie? Like how long, how oh, soon it was, after it was the book right was after. done? Right after? Yeah, matter of fact. Well, I'm sure he sold the rights right after, yes. He sold it. Well, what I think he was, sold the rights before he released Armada. And what was Armada? Like two years later? Three yes. years later? Well, what happened was he sold the book rights mm. and they called him back 24 hours later and said there's a bidding war in Hollywood for the movie rights mm -hmm. so he knew before the book was even published he knew that yeah. the rights had been picked up there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that now, they didn't though. know who was going to do it 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, he was. Uh, he just said in an interview because he I, I, he mentioned that when uh, at WonderCon at the panel, mm. all that. But uh, he just did an interview where he said that that he knew that the book uh, or the movie adaptation was going to be different than the book. Yeah. Most movies are different than the book. Yeah. What he didn't bank on, and he prepared himself that it was going to be completely different. You know, think of World War Z. It's nothing like the book. Yeah. You know, he was thinking that's what's going to end up happening. When he started doing some of the initial screenplays, that's what happened. When Steven Spielberg came in, he's like, no, I love the book. I want to bring it closer to the book. So it the linear through line of then the I'd story. Then I'd be very interested to see how... Different? Really, how different? If he brought it back towards the book, because the movie's not like the book at all. Well, it does follow the linear path. Somewhat. Well, no, you think, think about it, it does. No, I because... don't. I'm th- it follows the basic plot line, and I'm right. sure it did. But it's completely different. Well, yeah. The well, quests what... are completely different. The way he finds the quest completely different. All the characters are completely different in yes. terms of their interactions and the way they meet each other. The villain is completely different in terms of how much you get to know, which is actually a welcome thing. There's much more of the villain in the villainous company than there is in the book, right? Which is just a throwaway. Um, no, it's, it's it's different. So, well, one of the things he said about the the quests were that the the um, Dungeons and Dragons module that he had the first quest, or the first you know key based around. Within the book, hmm. most people would not get the reference or understand it, and it would take too long to go through it. And then, you know, then it's not even just getting the key. In, in the book, you you get the key, then you go to the gate, and you have to pass the. And that's gate. one of the parts with the, one of the parts of the movie too, and one of the things that I said is the quest is so much different because it's so easy. Right. It's just the key. The yes. key leads to the next clue, and the clue needs leads to the next thing. Instead of, there's no challenge right. through it. You know, in terms of, there's a double challenge in the terms of the book. There's a challenge to get the key, and then the key leads to the challenge to get the next clue. Right. And, and then you I thought the they gate, would still have those two you, challenges. The gate gives you the clue to the, get to the next key. Right. Yeah. No. And and they wanted and. Well, I the, think the the challenge like fell in the obstacle, like whatever it was, like the first race or the hotel right so well like i said so in the book each piece is double is double piece there is a challenge to get a key Mm -hmm. in the case of the book it's playing joust and then there is a challenge to get through the gate that the key leads to which in the book is it's war games first Mm -hmm. right that gives you the clue to find the next key and they in the movie, it's only or... one. They didn't do any of the stuff well, they, they used because they dumped <laughs> out. They dumped out almost all of the '80s stuff, right? And gave you all the '90s stuff, right? And, and they, beyond. They couldn't do War Games or uh, the Holy Grail as the as the that the, challenge would have filmscapes. Well, it's also they would have never been able to work those challenges the way they as did. they existed there. Sure. I thought there'd be a different challenge. Then you get to the second challenge in the movie. And the second challenge in the movie is a nod to it, but it yes. really has nothing to do with it because being in The Shining means nothing. Right, except for, for the, the fact that Steven Spielberg is a huge Shining no, fan. No, that's we'll get into so, it through we'll get into it through the review, but that's part of my problem with it is the nostalgia in the movie doesn't mean anything. Yes, it doesn't do it. But anything. as somebody that, and you, you've talked about this with other things, and this is you know um, with other projects that have come to pass. That 
this is where I thought you would really enjoy the separation of book and movie is because like something like Watchmen, which is almost a, di- a direct adaptation. You, you you you've always said, well, if you're going to do oh, that, no, I'm, what, I'm what's not, the point? I'm not arguing that the. I said before we talked before we saw the movie. The movie has to be different. Right. Because the last third of the book is almost impossible to put on the screen. Sure. At least what leads to the last battle of it is boring as F. Mm -hmm. When it's a book told in first person, very difficult to put on a screen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all it's all from his perspective. Oh, and that was one and so reason. That's, that was the, that was one of the reasons that you could you didn't get anything from IOI, you didn't get anything from Sorrento. And that was another reason why with I know they were changes. What I'm saying is what changes they made lead the changes they make to me make the film even more vapid than the book. Because the ch- the quest and the challenges are are done. Yes. They're they're very easy to, and that was one of the the, the issues that I, I've had with it is that it seems like, and I, I think it does come from reading the book first and you know and reading the book several a few times, that the challenges within the the book are a lot. You understand why no one has found them yet. They're so much more difficult to get to, you know. Instead of racing back the, to well, me that's, the racing back was, was harder well, they than they kind of washed over it and said like it just said oh for the last five years nobody's been able to figure out a challenge yeah. and then just moved on it's it's the, so, the first third the first act of the book is made into two minutes yes. and it kind of has to be yeah. because he goes to school and the stuff with his his aunt and the aunt's right. boyfriend and the difference that I see and we're just going all the way and we're not even talking about the actual plot of the film here's one of the things that, that I thought was very the challenges in the book are very nostalgia based yes. and they're based on the knowledge of nostalgia they're based on those properties and those brands and that oh cool which was kind of the idea of hold going on. into hold on hold on in the movie they're not they're only based on his life right because all of the clues come from his uh holiday holiday's life yes and his regrets it doesn't matter that you know pop culture at all right and that was one of my problems when I'm looking through it, let me let me start saying I liked the film. Yes. I didn't love it, and I didn't hate it. It wasn't something when I walked out of it, I went, "Oh, I want to see that again." Right. I'll put it that way. It's kind of a straight line. It was fine, but one of the things I was disappointed in is all the stuff that they use as these bits. These member, member, member. He has a DeLorean. Right. DeLorean does nothing that a DeLorean does. It's just a car. You get Canada's bike. Doesn't even have the the iconic uh, light trails from the braking lights. Iron Giant doesn't do anything that Iron Giant does. Right. Mechagodzilla is the only thing that has a little bit of the weapons that Mechagodzilla have, I guess. Nothing that they have does anything. Well, the DeLorean, the wheels, it does does hover, it does yeah, fly. The wheels. Turn okay, great. But it doesn't really. It doesn't matter. Right. He doesn't use it. He just goes backwards. He could have done that. No, he, in does Herbie, the, he does. He does use it he, where he slides underneath the 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 trailer. It he lowers could, him enough. He could have used Herbie the Love Bug, and it would have been the same thing. Sure, he could. He yeah. could have used the bike. He could have used a land speeder. He could have used whatever. It doesn't matter what he has. So what's the point of having the DeLorean in there, other than you going, "Oh, hey, that's the DeLorean." And the fact oh, that hey, he had it in the book. That's oh, hey, that's and in the book Iron he Dragon. doesn't use it half as much as he does in the movie. He uses it in terms of a status symbol. Yes, and it's not even used in the movie as a status symbol. It's not like, oh my God, you're able to afford right. The DeLorean, he has it, and then says he doesn't have enough money for fuel. Right. The DeLorean in the book. The DeLorean in the book is he 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 uses it. The DeLorean in the book is he uses it to go to that to the club, 
Yes. And it's that's the status symbol because only elite players would have been able to afford to get the DeLorean skin or whatever. Right. In the book, he doesn't even use any of it. He builds his own damn ship that has its own pieces and whatever. Well, Because no, he's got... But that's he, what he uses. He uses one of them, but he also has a Serenity class. No, that's what I'm saying. What he uses. Right. What really matters in the book is the ship he builds himself. He doesn't. He doesn't use the X-wing. He has. He doesn't have. He doesn't use the Serenity. He, he does. He use, uses the Serenity more than he uses the other one. But he doesn't. It doesn't mean anything in the plot of the book. It's his ship it could that be does any, everything. Yes. That's you, what it I'm saying. Could be any ship. And they didn't even put that in here. So, the second challenge is based on Halliday's missing love life. Right. And then the third challenge ends up being finally a game that Halliday likes. Right. It has nothing to do with. Even the, the, the criticism slash what makes the book kind of fun is if you know pop culture and if you're obsessive about it, while it doesn't mean anything in the real world, in this world it makes you amazing. Right. Why does, why does Wade win all those challenges? Because he's such an uber dork and he's so perfectly immersed and obsessive with this, this nostalgia, this grouping, this 80s culture. He's able to pass these challenges because... In his world, playing Joust 6,000 times or 6 million times means something because he can beat Halliday's avatar at Joust. Right. Seeing war games 100 times means something because he do it. It doesn't mean anything in here. Right. The only thing in here is he goes, to see, he goes into this library and sees Halliday's re, you know, reconstructions of these moments, and he takes a line out of it and then goes and finishes the challenge. The Shining thing that I said, knowing the Shining doesn't mean anything to any of those characters except to tell H, don't press the button. Right. Anyone who walked into that hotel room, into the Overlook, it wouldn't matter whether you knew the Shining or not. All you had to do was find the damn room that had zombies in it. Right. So what's what's the point of it? No, I understand. And, you know, and even though the movie is two hours and 20 minutes long... I can't believe that movie was that long. It, it did not feel that way at all. It goes so fast in it. Like, and I, you know, and it is part of knowing the book so well that you're going, wow, that just that happened way too fast. And one of the things that, you know, I, I, and I could nitpick it, you know, I, I could really probably pull the movie apart and nitpick it down to, like I did, you know, things I didn't like with The Last Jedi. I allowed myself to forgive them, but I had so much fun reading, you know, with this one. And finding Easter eggs and things like that throughout the the movie, that I can forgive a you know a lot of little things. But one of the things that that you're you're correct on the nostalgia about is that in the book, the reason that everybody has become so obsessed with the '80s culture is because that was what Holiday Holiday was so mm-hmm. fixated on that. When everybody tried to first start finding the Easter eggs, you know, the, the Easter egg, they became so immersed in the 80s culture trying to, to, to uncover where the clue might be that they just became obsessed with the 80s and, you know, and, and the nostalgia of it. Whereas this, you don't get that. You see all these references to it, but you don't really understand the fact that the reason that it's there is because that has become the cultural norm. The references in the movie are there because they're in the movie. Right. And that's it. And that's... And for those that haven't read the book, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So that's... But, it, but it is something that it's just... <coughs> I think my, my disappointment would be exactly what I said. If you're going to use these pieces, then do something with them that makes them unique. Yes. And I don't feel they do. 
again, like the Iron Giant doesn't do anything that the Iron Giant does at all. Like if the if the Iron if they had used the Iron Giant, he to, does the arm rocket, but he doesn't really. If, the, if they had used the Iron Giant to fly and sacrifice itself to destroy Mechagodzilla, which is what I thought when it first That's showed up. That's what I thought was going to happen. At and first. I thought that would be perfect yeah. if it flies toward it and sends Superman, because obviously they're letting them use Warner Brothers characters because you see the Joker in it, and I think there's another, I think Batman's in it at one point or something. Bat- like yeah, Batman's in it. There's a few DC characters. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot so there's of a lot Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers stuff in there. In there. And there's a lot of stuff, of course, I mean, that's attached to it. In a way, the Iron Giant does sacrifice them so that they can get across the bridge and all that Yeah, but stuff. it doesn't do it it's in It's not it. the same way that it happens in the Iron Giant movie. It just isn't... Outside of the look, and this is... The, outside of this skin-deep look of those pieces, they don't mean anything in the film. And I guess, in a way, that might be... In a way, that's if, kind if you, of If you want to have the subconscious piece of it where they're saying, hey, you should live in reality, which... Everything inside of, of there do. is just a skin you put on. Yeah. It's just, like I said, it was fine. I mean, if you really want to get meta with it, you know. But the other thing is, everyone keeps talking about Easter eggs. Like, a character showing up because a character is supposed to be there as an avatar, to me, is not an Easter egg. No. Like, an Easter egg is the type of thing that, that you don't notice or is put there, you know. The Easter egg, to me, is C-3PO and R2 on the hieroglyphs in Raiders. That's an Easter egg to well, me, where a, you would have never seen it. There's but, like, someone's always like, oh, there's an Easter egg, the, the Joker that's running towards you. And I'm like, that's just a character. Well, but there is it's just an avatar. Within that, where they show that Joker running towards you, there is Spike the Gremlin, there's He-Man. Yeah, that's... There's a lot of things in the but background. But there's, you... there's a reason for them to be there. They're avatars of real people. That's not an Easter so egg. So, would you consider the flashing kit light in the front of the DeLorean as an Easter egg? No. Because, I mean, in the book, it's described that he actually does that, you know, and he also puts Ghostbusters yeah, yeah. on the side. Okay, yeah, I guess if, if you were to use it as... If it references the book, then I guess, yes. Okay, when... There's a scene, there's a shot when when Samantha and Wade are sitting there trying to figure out the third clue, and they have... Behind them, they have the book. And you see the book sitting up. Uh, there's a two-shot. It's, you know, them at a table, and it's got one, both of them on each side of the screen, and behind them is a book. And on the book, it's, it's Wade's... Grail Diary, but you see on there um, Schoolhouse Rock, the number three, uh, Hope, Faith, you know, um, oh god, I forget what it is now. Hope, Faith, and... Um, I'm you don't remember, you've seen it 17 times. No, but it's straight from the book. So everything on there is from the third challenge of the book of how you go, you know, unlock the gate. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with the actual plot. And yes, that that to me would be more of what in, you call a, a, an Easter egg. But in holidays, people are just like, oh, at the end, the, the Iron Giant is an Easter egg. No. Like, the Iron Giant's not an Easter egg. It's a character. In okay, the what about movie. what about the uh, Winnebago from Spaceballs in the background of of H's garage? No, that's not an Easter egg. There's also a Viper back there from Battlestar Galactica. No, because you would expect something like that to be there. Sure. Artemis' backup pistol is the lawgiver from Judge Dredd. Okay, but again, you can have any anything that's anything in that the virtual can, world. You can buy within that virtual yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the, that's the thing where it's what like... About, what about uh, Last East... Action Hero playing on the marquee in the... when. There's a scene when the DeLorean comes down and he spins. Yeah, it's in the it's in the thing. So it's yeah. just... Of course that world would be populated by that piece. An Easter egg to me is... Han Solo's land speeder in the new movie is based off of a 77 Ford Falcon. Right. That's an Easter egg. Not a lot of people knew that before somebody pointed it out and said, if you look at the back of it, yeah. that's a Ford Falcon from 1977. And why did they choose the 77 Ford Falcon? I mean, it makes that to me is an Easter egg where it's something that they could have chosen anything, but they put that right. in there for a reason. No, R2 I and get... 3PO in the thing is because Lucasfilm did both films. So, yeah. 
would you what would you consider let's say within the solo movie you have R2 and 3PO in the background god I hope not there's a rumor that there's a rogue one god, character no, in it just, and that they could be stop. making an appearance too just stop uh, but we'll get onto that next month um Okay, so as far as the plot, I know that you feel that the the book version is a watered down plot. Anyways, was this more of no, a- no, no, not plot? I felt the book is all plot, which is what it is. That's just fine. Right. There's not a lot of characterization in the book, and there's even less in the movie. Right. Well, there's you know in the within. Yeah, the, the funny movie, thing is, you know, who gets more characterization in the movie than the other is the bad guy. Sorrento sure. is much more interesting in now, the movie I than like he is the in the book. That they made with Sorrento where he actually worked for a Holiday. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting. Once again, twist. He, he has a little bit of characterization in that yeah. moment that he doesn't have in the book. Well, one reason they brought in they had the characters in in real life meet up earlier on was because they don't have any interaction until the very very end of the book and well again because it's a first person story you can do right and wade does all of the actions as far as you know solving the problem and everything like samantha well artemis doesn't artemis get through the second gate first artemis gets through the second gate first actually because he read he well artemis because they finished the first so they finished the first they as they're they're struggling to figure out the second that's when their relationship begins they go to the club or whatever the, and that's where i'm talking about in the break the in point. the break yes so they break in the club yes she finds the second gate and that's where he's like i need to put my life back together or whatever and he gets all swole and he buys that apartment and then he finishes the second gate right in the book Yes. Okay. Because we're trying when to follow the progression. Finishes the second gate. He's playing Pac-Man to get the extra life. That yes, he does because he's in the wrong spot. Right. Which ends up being the right. And spot. then he find, the only reason he ends up knowing what spot to be in is because of the Sixers. Well, that's great. The, the Sixers had one of the artifacts that would tell them where right. somebody, somebody was. was. Yes. And he was able to narrow it down faster than they did. But H made it through the second gate before, before uh, Percival did, to, did okay. as well. And then I think, matter of fact, there was. A, <laughs> I love the fact that you flipped it off. <laughs> okay, real quick, back to the Easter egg things. There's a moment towards the end where you see Daito sitting down, kneeling, preparing for battle, and Percival is giving his speech to the to the mm-hmm. oasis and he makes a comment about people have died and they did this really interesting shot where they panned right over to Daito and showed him up close when they said people have sac- or died and sacrificed themselves for the to to keep you know for the oasis yeah and you nobody knows that unless you've read the book and you know within the book Dido is, you know, is it, no, isn't it show that dies? Dido shot. Is it Dido, Dido that dies? dies? Okay, I could I knew one of them. I knew one of them was murdered. He gets pushed out the window. Yeah. They also, the and that thing, was. I thought that was one of the biggest, one of the changes they should not have made, because none of them. I thought that was that was super powerful in the yes. book. Oh, it was oh, that yeah, he definitely. gets murdered and show finds him. Yeah. Show finds Percival to say no. You don't know what's really going on. Yes, they tried to. They killed your aunt. They killed everybody in the stacks. Right. And they keep going. They've murdered one of these guys. Right. They literally threw him out of a window and made it look like a suicide. And when you get to the end, 
might be it might be the greatest piece of nostalgia of this movie is it is a total 80s movie and that the end is you know the five of them might as well have just jumped up and went with the yeah. high five and went, just go playing because nothing happens right nothing happens to them at all everything works out nice and clean yes and everything's wonderful but in the book at the very least daito dies right and it's just like okay this is like real there's no real stakes even in the in the movie at all to me yeah i mean they're trying you know it's, it's she's running after him the the fatale or whatever her name is or finale is it finale yeah, yeah. Is running after him and but no one gets shot. But that's that's, again, that's why to me this movie reminds me of an old kids film. Oh, I definitely eighties nineties kids film that Spielberg made. Might have done like batteries not included or anything like that. Yeah, I mean it's all those you know. It's that that's (laughs) that point that Spielberg got to where he's like, I have kids now and I have to stop making (coughs) movies that are any good. But it's also Uh, ET where the bad guys chase him down, but everything works out. Well, yeah, but ET is such a different. I don't know. I it's Goonies. I, they get chased by you know murderous yeah. thugs. Yeah, but there's no sloth, so it can't be as good. That would have been the Easter egg. Oh, that would have been great <laughs> if you had H's character, who's that big dumb character. Hey, you guys! Like, yeah, hey, I know <laughs> what this is. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I really, I, I really, I enjoyed the movie. I was glad it was different. I knew. It was I understand be why different. people enjoyed it, and I'm not saying that. There's I, a I lot know of it sounds like that are, that have read the book that are really big hardcore fans of the book that absolutely hate this movie. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't have a big connection to the book either, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's part of it. I know it up to is like part of it is my connection to this is very different, and also the nostalgia thing to me is kind of it's been played to this point now. I'm like, I don't care. I kind of just want to move forward and do yeah. new things, and even if we do something with nostalgia, it, it's. If we do these old brands and stuff and everything old is new again and, you know, this is this thing with TV. We now have Mad About You's getting rebooted and I'm sure we're going to get, like, Charles in Charge and Cheers and oh, Punky Brewster. Murphy I'm Brown's pretty sure you're not going to get That was the other one. Murphy Brown's on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're not going to get Charles in Charge. Oh, they're going to totally do Charles in Charge. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna save it. We're going to show you what has to And he's going to be a big liberal. And um, the kids are all going to wear Me see, Too t-shirts. And those in, a way that, in a way, what has been written in the book and what was in the movie as far as our future feels though as it's coming to pass one of the most interesting things for the movie for me is how much that you could see technology had changed between when the book was written in 2010-11 and released in 12 right Something it like was that. uh no it was released august 2011 okay so we're assuming it's written 2009-10 finished right. off in 11 and how different the technology is now just in what really already exists that's not there's no drones in the book they never uh, use drones in the book do no, they they don't it, drones play a huge part of this yes and first in person in parts of ioi ioi looks totally different and kind of the way that they they do things even the vr being really not even having a suit as you, you're driving down the street and seeing people with just gloves in it it's and just a, that yeah and the headset, headset gloves really being able to do whatever that you could actually walk in just whatever you have on you instead of in the book, they all have suits in the well, suit. Well, not, no, not everybody has suits. It's mostly but the, the bulk haptic of gloves. It. Yeah, and but you still have... The more money you have, the more haptic Right, you but you still have all these people that are doing these sort of things. It's just a lot of the the technology that you're seeing in the movie that you already know sort of exists, at least at the infancy stages, if not, you know, drones have right. been huge that was the, the big. That years. was the big thing was the drones. Yeah. Because, you know, they had it still where, you know, you could... You know, basically, like you could do with Alexa and some of the other things, where in you know Amazon, where 
or even on your phone, you can order a pizza or something from your you know your app. He does it within the the Oasis. It shows up at the door. You don't have to interact with them. You've already paid for it. You know, really, you could do that now. Is okay? Just leave it at you know have a note. Leave it at the door. Somebody you know drops off your pizza. It's already paid for. Yeah, the stuff that even when especially if you read the book now for the first time, you don't realize some of the, some of the stuff that he got right. It's always funny yeah. to read those things. I read a. Uh, Robert J. Sawyer's Flash Forward, which was written in the 90s, was set in like 2011. Yeah. And one of the things in the book, which was really hilarious, is that they were using um, VCR still. Right. They were still using tape. There wasn't digital. You got that completely wrong. But, you know, time travel happened in yeah. it, or time forwardness. Well, we've talked about that with, like, G.I. Joe and, you know, The Simpsons. Yeah. And but those. you guess of like, 2001. You're like, whoop, nope, not even close. Right. <laughs> NASA doesn't even exist. Well, that's what, <laughs> that's what Steven Spielberg said is when he read this book, it felt to him like, you know, that – Ernest Ernest Miller took the DeLorean and Klein. literally went into the future, saw it, came back, wrote the book, because he, there were so many things. You know, like I was telling Mikey and Ethan beforehand, there was one thing in the that's out of the book that I was kind of disappointed that they didn't do within the story. But I understand for political reasons and things like that that they really didn't do it. Was what had failed within civilization to lead up to that point. You know, Wade mentions that it's the corn, uh, the corn syrup, uh, drought or the corn syrup, the corn syrup shortage, and a couple other little things which I forget. I don't remember. But within the book, he says that it's the energy crisis, it's war, that these several wars that we've been in, the famine, the droughts. You know, all of these. You know, cats and dogs live in harmony, and you know it goes on. Which to me would have made the future seem like okay, more of a need to escape. You know, it would have given more reason. One of the lines. I think. I think the movie kind of takes it as a as a given. Did you notice there was a line in one in the trailer that they had about the forgotten million, or the forgotten millions? Their generation was called the forgotten millions. I don't even remember the trailer because they had. It wasn't that they'd gone anywhere. It's just because they've lost themselves within the virtual reality world. Mm. You know, so they don't live within the real world. So all they do is, you know, all they do is log on and there. That's where they are. They, yeah. they. But we see this happening. How many times do we see with kids now? You know, they are so focused on their iPhones, their iPads, and not just kids. Kids, good job, I mean, parents. Not just kids. <laughs> you did but that. Society. When was the last time you watched TV without clicking the thing to play that damn Avengers <laughs> game over and over again? I get into an elevator at work, and. Immediately, you know, you see everybody on their phones. Because nobody wants to talk to. No one wants to talk to anybody anymore. They just want to get on their. Maybe they just don't want to talk to you. (laughs) That's could be that could be a good point. Uh, But we're seeing that happen more and more. What would happen if you had a full virtual reality world that you could escape to, touch everything, interact with it? You could have whatever you wanted. You could have lightsabers. You could go to planet Star Wars. You could go. Well, that's to, what the book is. I yeah. mean, that's that's what I, that was the thing that I said. The difference for me reading the book a few months ago rather than six years ago is that piece of if this was offered to you, this is all we've want, and that's kind of what it feels like. This is all, and that's why even in the book, Halliday's speech at the end is so hollow because the book really praises the idea of being in Oasis is amazing. Right. At least the movie at the end where they, they spoilers, uh, they win. <laughs> you ready to come out and say spoilers? <laughs> they win. They shut it off on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. You know, this idea of forcing people to live in the real world. Right. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. 
Um, I thought well, you know, no, I thought no, it was no. a bold choice by having you know having Artemis Samantha. I mean, they they went ahead and gave her you know that hideous small birthmark that you know just would have made her completely unattractive to anybody. Uh, yeah. Like in the book. <laughs> well, that but see that was the whole thing with her in the book too was that. She she had this birthmark, you know, and in the book it was it's, it was a strawberry colored birthmark, like it was in the movie, and she felt that that ostracized her, that that made her ugly, and she was you know, she was a lot better looking than Wade or any of the others. But it's not unwarranted. A lot of people who have like, sure. birthmarks always feel self like self conscious about them. So. Yeah, but then you know, we're just gonna run around in a tank top for the rest of the movie. <laughs> It'd be super hot. And... Doesn't mean that she's not fashionable. She just has a birthmark. Well, I thought they did a good job casting the the main characters. I, they were pretty much what you kind of envisioned from the book. You well, know? Yes, the Japanese people in the book were Japanese. <laughs> because other than that, there's nothing to them. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, you know. They, they're, they're, Sho and Daito, I think, really get the short end of the stick. Oh, totally. In In the movie, in terms of... I mean, even more so. They're not super fleshed out in the book. But, and I think that's why Daito's death really meant something because it gave their characters... Uh, a purpose? You, not mean, even a purpose, but it just it gave them something. Yeah. You know, it, it really involved them through it. And in the movie, they don't have any of that. No. It's just constantly telling show, oh, yeah, you're a badass. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. We don't see him really do anything. You see them very quick on... Planet Doom. On Planet Doom. In the beginning. And which... that's it. And then they just sort of disappear for a while. Which is kind of a... You know, the only reason that they did that whole scene was just a reference for that artifact. Right. For, you know... Cause well, that that's one of the, one of the, one of the things that they the had to do in the movie. It's, it's, I mean, easier in the in the, it's easier in the book because it's first person. Yes. And it is. And I think one of the, the fit pitfalls of the book are these huge info dumps. It's very tough to get that across in a movie, especially when it's not just completely first person. Right. And they do it okay. You know, they get into it fairly quickly, and you understand what it is and everything. I'd say the race is amazing visually. Yes. Nothing to me comes close to that visually for the rest of the the rest of the movie. I like the club. I thought the club was very interesting. That scene is probably the most interesting scene. Did to you me. see Boba Fett in the club? No. You know when did he fall into the pit? Or? No. But you know when Irock is going to going into the booth where Harley is. Yeah. To his left. There's a like almost it's almost like a pit, you know. You know, there's kind of like a, a pit does of seats. Does it look like a sand vagina? No, but it, there's a it's there's a Mandalorian sitting there that you, that uh, has the you know hmm. you can't I mean you can't really tell it's. Well, remember I've only seen it once. Scheme. I've seen it 19 times less than you. <laughs> have you didn't have you done like six more times in the last week? No. Wow. Are you I okay? Uh, I was supposed to go today, but yeah, things didn't work out. Did, actually, did Ethan let you down? Why did Ethan break your date? Ethan Ethan did let me down because I thought he was ordering the tickets in the morning and he was waiting to go get his tickets at the gate and the movie was sold out. Three weeks out, it was Bull. sold out. No, it there's was not, where? There's not a lot of showings, though. Either yeah, though, so. is that the only, is that the there, only show? There, were, there weren't many seats left at Jan's. At well, that's three, not sold three, out. If, well, it might they as well had, have been. They had three seats in the middle that were three rows apart. From each other. Okay. And then you guys the are really whole, You guys have both. Seen it. it wasn't even the whole front row. There was. There was. You should have just done. Just should have done the front row. It's not like you haven't seen it four times already. Six times. Nine. What is it, nine for you? <laughs> Still. Something like that. 
even though I've seen it, I'm t- looking up the entire time is not. Well, ideal. there they have the recliners. We could have, you know, at least laid back and watched it. That actually be yeah. You don't have to crane your neck though. So. <laughs> yeah, like I had to watch. Uh, oh, what was that? What was I had that? to watch Jurassic Three like that, which was kind of cool. If you wanted like, to go still see it. What was like, uh? What was that Stallone Mountain movie? Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. I saw Cliffhanger in the very front row, and that first scene where she falls. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, it's in the first scene. That was like, oh, <laughs> like, whoa. Because well, it it, your peripherals just gone. I saw that um, one of the things that Spielberg kept doing with the movie was every time he would spot one of the uh, references to his movies, he would make them take it out. Yeah, you mentioned that. So there was. You mentioned there, that last week when you said we weren't going to do a yeah, review and then ended up doing a review. Um, did you catch w- what the orb was in? The There was a. If we want to go into some of the spoilers. When they first, when I Rock first shows Sorrento the orb, mm. it's in uh, Gizmo's Mogwai box from the first Gremlins. I caught that. The I first knew it time. was something. I just didn't know what it was. Did you catch that Sorrento's avatar Probably was not. a combination of him and Clark Kent or Superman? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I, wasn't it in uh, the Infinity or? Yeah, he looked like Captain Adam to me. Yeah, because he has the curl. The hair I saw the curl. He just yeah. reminded me of like Captain Captain Adam or Silver yeah. Star or some silver DC well, character. It, talking about characters that had more substances, Iroc was a lot more in this than he was in the book. Yeah, but you never really get anything from him other than well, I guess you never you never saw Iroc outside of the outside of the Avatar in the book, did you? No, because okay. you only saw him in uh, H's garage and like two times. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to uh, to see who they dub over. You know, to not put crazy man T.J. Miller, who's <laughs> probably going to go to federal prison. <laughs> the funny thing is, his the voice of his character sounds a lot like it does from when he did Silicon Valley. It sounds like it does all of it. T.J. Miller doesn't oh, change his voice oh, very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that could have that could have been uh, the 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 jock from High School USA. Yeah, still, still T.J. Miller's best role. Um, um, it's just that, like some of this. It was such an odd character because. You're trying to buy that he's actually good at this, but he's so incredibly stupid. Yeah. And the stuff where he just can't get lines out and stuff like that. The I rock is just... <laughs> and that might have been the only part of the movie I actually chuckled. Where I was like, that's dumb, but I'm going to chuckle. my plan would work because I rock. Because I rock. <laughs> but you got, you got the character... He's probably one of... He's like comic book guy from The Simpsons at home, sitting there with his haptic suit on, you know breaking in all this money because he just doesn't care and he's yeah. you know he'll work for whoever and do whatever and he thinks he's created this cool badass looking avatar and it really just you know that's why when when he talks and he doesn't have like this really cool you know voice kind of like james earl jones or yeah or morgan freeman or something and you just get this really nerdy kind of voice i was like that's perfect yeah i like that works um I wonder what his voice sounded like on the phone when he was calling in a fake bomb threat on a <laughs> on a train. Sounded drunk. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> they show Hercules. <laughs> they, they show. Uh, is that T.J. Miller? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Is this a bit? I don't know what's going on. Perseus' magic shield from uh, Clash of the Titans was uh, in that scene. Who was that again? Perseus. You said Pergius. Pergius. That's the guy who lies under oath. Oh, Pergius. Pergius. <laughs> That's the character you need to make. There you go. We'll give you that one, Chris. I am. I am. I am Pergius. <laughs> Besides drunk and going to jail, I am T.J. Miller, making terrible um, puns. 
Yeah, no, there's a like some of the executives and things, and even uh, Ernest Miller said that you know he's seen Who's it a Ernest few times. Ernest Klein. Jeez. Ernest Miller. That's is... like the third or fourth time you said that. I almost said it a couple times. Ernest Miller. No, you said it. Like, you said it a couple of times. Are you thinking of the 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 playwright Arthur yeah, Miller? Yeah, no, no. Um, also dealt with nostalgia and no characters. <laughs> Ernie Klein said that Twelve Angry Men, all the same people. <laughs> that. He's seen it several times. A lot of the executives have said they've said it several times, and they can't. They they haven't been able to figure out all of the the background Easter eggs, if you will. And I'm doing air quotes because you know Chris doesn't won't consider them Easter eggs. Well, they're not. Yeah, that's Ernest. Ernest Miller. Now there's another Ernest Miller. Who the hell is but that? That's where I got the, where the name keeps coming. From. But we were just talking about T.J. Miller too, which you know that I, I caught myself a couple times when I started to say it. Anyways. Um, there's a lot. No, of there's a lot there, and yes, I've had. What the hell is that? Ernest Miller. Wow, that is that is hair. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to know. There's a lot of customers at work. Like, oh, I saw it a couple times just to see what else is in there, and if that's what you're going for, fantastic. There's a lot to see. Oh, there's. But a lot. again, I the race scene was awesome. Well, that, and, the, and the only then reason that they did the race that, scene was because they wanted to get the DeLorean in. And they needed. A, a, well, they got a lot of different stuff in. I mean, there's, there's a lot the of those different pieces that are in it. Her having Kaneda's bike and everything. Well, there's the Batmobile from yeah. the classic. There's um, Christine's in there. The, the Arches, H is driving Bigfoot. Bigfoot. <coughs> um, so here's. You think of that? Yeah, you you've seen it 800 times. Wade refers to H as her, in the in the garage, doesn't he? No. Or she? No, he just said he never gives her a okay. A I thought distinction. I thought I heard a gender pronoun of her. Or she early, mm-hmm. thinking he knows They're who she is. They're talking about Artemis. Whether it, she is actually a girl, and then she says no. I know this. When, when he, he's he, talking to Artemis about H, I swear he says talk, she. She fixes this stuff right up. No. Hmm. Well, the next time you see, he always it, he always mentions her by name. So he yeah, he's H does this, H does that. I don't, I don't that know. That was one of the I caught because something does, you can pay attention to. Because in the book, he, he does call H he. Yeah, because he doesn't know. Every time it's the Avatar. Even after he meets H at the end and realizes she's a girl. Like, there's a, you know the moment where, where Artemis meets H and she goes, yeah, not what you expected, all that. Well, that's actually Parcival that meets her like that first. And you know they they did give they tried to give other people things to do in this because it's so first. Well, person. his mm-hmm. his third act thing with IOI is all given to her. They gave it to her, yeah, because they combined that with what he was doing rather than make it two separate parts, right? Because everything that he's doing, he does after he escapes IOI. Yes. So they gave it to to Sam to be like, you do this, and then I'll do this part, and everything's together. Which I was glad they did that, so it it wasn't just. I was also glad that the. Something that happened within the plot led to him getting the password rather than buying it off of someone off page. Yes, sixteen chapters ago, because that that was the one thing in the book that pissed me off. Did you like the the password, Boss Man sixty yeah. <laughs> nine? It was like okay. I didn't realize Ben Mendelsohn was in that film. I was like, oh hey, Director Krennic's in this. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was one of the things they were talking about at uh, at WonderCon on the panel. Was you know. It's so you've been in this and uh, I was like, it took me a second. I was like, I know him from. Stuff I like recognized him. It tried. It drove me crazy who Holiday was because mm-hmm. I, I hadn't. And you guys had mentioned he's in Birds of Spies. And I've never seen it, but I'm like, I know I've seen him in something. He's in uh, Dunkirk. Yes, he's the boat captain in, in Dunkirk of the the boat that picks up um, 
the Scarecrow. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Cillian Murphy's character. Yes. And it's very, very different. And he's played super well. Like, it's oh, yeah. really, really... Even Simon Pegg at the beginning, like... Is that Simon Pegg? It is Simon Pegg. Okay, well, when they first when they, when they first announced that Simon Pegg was going to be Oz, I was like, okay, I don't really see it, but I like Simon Pegg. Well, Oz's a lot Og's different, good. and he doesn't do anything. Well, once you find out that he's, you know, spoiler, uh, once you find out he's the caretaker or whatever, yeah, then it's he a, dies. that was a great way to include him. But not of, give him what he did in the book, right? Because in the book he's at the club, and then the whole ending is is. Uh, serviced by him. Yes. So, although I really wanted to see his house as Riverdale or uh, uh, Riverdale as Riverdale. <laughs> well, maybe in the new one it'll be Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. Ready Player Two. You know, Star is Luigi. Well, they did say uh, Ernest. That's Klein, one of the best jokes I've ever seen in my life. Ernest Cline <laughs> did say that um, there is a the moment at the end when Parsifal asks Halliday, you know. Are you are you him or you know did he really die or you know what are you because you're not you know like a normal avatar or something? They said that that will not necessarily be a big part, but will be a a defining part of Ready Player Two. Or Ready I, the next Ready Player One. I still don't think they should do a sequel. So I, it ended perfectly fine. The way it that's, again, be. there's only two like all these types of sequels that do this. Oh no! I know why well, they're doing it, but he, the problem—the problem is—is is that the only two stories you can do is, okay, they have the oasis and everything is good, and now something has shown up that's going to take it away, and we must fight it. Or, they have the oasis and it was supposed to be good, and it never worked, and now we have to redouble our efforts to make it good again. Those are the only two stories you can do. Or the oasis starts to collapse in on itself. That's what the first one is. That's, oh, the Oasis has been fine, and we fixed reality, and the Oasis is working. Oh, no, it's just starting to destroy itself. Or we bought the Oasis, and we made it fine, and, oh, it started to destroy itself immediately. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's really only two ways that you go with that story. Well, Ernie, er, Ernie. Unless you want to do really weird and have Halliday be the villain. So I thought that when, when I read the article. And then the first one is like, well, that's stupid. When I read the article about that, about them saying that it play out in the next one. That's what I kind of thought was kind of like a transcendence type thing where, you know, when Johnny Depp puts himself within, it's a ghost of machine. You saw that movie? I have. Ugh. And Johnny Depp's Johnny Depp, I know, I know. I, that's why <laughs> I asked the question. If there was a video out of check. Johnny Depp beating his wife, Rich would have seen it a couple of times. Yeah. The Lawnmower Man, all those type of movies, that was, yeah. that's what I thought might be. Let me give a critique of Johnny Depp punching his wife in the face. Uh, so anyways. Um, anyways. Uh. Oh I no! The, as, far as, as far as what you're saying, money, money, money. He actually, Ernest Klein did copyright Ready Player Two and Ready Player Three when he first initially copyright copyright the book, the book, or got yeah. the rights sold. No, no. When he oh. copy when he did the first copywriting of the book, no. Just in case. Well, a lot of them do that. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Um, there's but there's Ooh. so much more of the Oasis that's from the book from the first book. That they could go into with it, um, and I, there's so many things I wish they would have had the rights for, but you know, because I would have loved. Oh, that's a that movie is a Clarence nightmare. Oh yeah, and it's good, and that's probably part of the problem with it is in the book he kind of could do whatever the hell he wanted, right? Because it's in a book and whatever, and all he has to put in is you know rights belong to these likenesses. You can't do it in the media that it actually exists in, correct? Without clearing it, and so 
your hands are tied. Right. You know, oh, we, we want to use Ultraman. Ultraman, but we can't. So we use Gundam instead. Right. And it's there for a second. You're like, oh, hey, he's Japanese. Yeah. Um, and then it's gone. Uh, well, you, you you do see you do see X wings in the background that are really quick. There you see see that's the shuttle the, Tiderian. The, the most know, unbelievable like thing in both the book and the movie is the fact that it's not just all Star Wars. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's where you're like, no, he well, would there's have a like a lot of Star Wars and a lot of Star Wars lines within the book. The book, not as much as you would, but it doesn't mean it. That's the thing. It's like if he had if he used the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. As his ship. You know, oh, I put extra guns on it and it has spells and it's magic and all that stuff. Right. Great. But I'm going to fly the freaking Falcon. I would have bought that a lot more than, well, I built my own ship. Yeah. I just, you know, I designed it myself. Well, but like, well, he, like, he does get a Firefly class starship that was originally named the Kaylee that he modifies and puts guns on, things like that. Could be all that, but that's what I'm saying is in that's, the, in the, he in uses the book, that ship more than the, the other one. But even then, in the book, in the movie, the amount of Star Wars is nowhere near where you would really think the amount of Star Wars would be if the Oasis existed. Right. Well, but the the funny thing was, I like because as soon as you could buy a Falcon, you would have a Falcon. Sure. Oh yeah. And, and you wouldn't use anything he, else. Well, that's what he makes the comment in the book about you know X wing or uh, lightsabers are nothing in the in in the uh, Oasis because everybody has one. He says and he says I have like fifty of them. You know, because what's one of the first things if you could build anything that you would do? What's one of the first things that most people are going to do? Well, also the fact, they never, the fact that they never use it is also the unbelievable part in the book too. Like, even if it was everyone had one, but if it worked like a lightsaber, you would have used that everywhere. Yeah, I mean, there were there were some things that I was surprised that they did make references to that played a big deal. Like Rush, they didn't really go into it and Rush plays a big part of the book. Well again, you'd have to clear all that. Yeah. And I'm sure Rush is the type of band that's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah. But even, we don't even, tour anymore. You know, uh, the movie X Caliber played a big part in it. Well the, again, they they dumped everything from the eighties. Yes. Unless on outside of adventure, nothing of the eighties is in there. Right. And and Back to the Future, which started in the eighties. So there's not a lot of eighties nostalgia in there. They moved it up because Well, because that's, that's what, what the audience wanted. was yeah. Well, it's yeah. also much more visual and the types of stuff that they're using. There's a lot more video game type stuff in there than there sure. is in the book. Because those type of huge video games may not have been as popular there. Well, let's get around to Ethan, what did you think of the movie? It was a lot of fun, and, and there's a reason why I wanted to go see it again, you know. And me not reading the books, seeing this is just visually nice. And so, like, I enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> I have, well, I had the same reaction. Visually I, nice? Well, not, maybe not those words. <laughs> he probably wouldn't, he wouldn't I have don't used use words good. <laughs> he wouldn't have used that many words. No, I didn't read the books, so I went in knowing and expecting just an eye candy movie with a whole bunch of stuff that I know. And I don't care about the feelings that it uh, brings up in me about seeing these the characters on screen. So I was like, hey, cool. Because this is the first time Mega Godzilla has been on screen in 40 years. Yeah, but it also looks like a cleaner, a 2018 (laughs) version of Mega Godzilla. Well, you know, the funny thing is, as soon as I saw it, I went, (coughs) yep, guess what's going to show up in a Warner Brothers movie for long? Because now they have it, they have it molded. Um, it's so funny is there's a lot of characters that they show in the background, like He-Man and things like that, that are pulled from... You can tell that they're the the 3D animation uh, that they've had for before. Like, there's... Um, when Percival first goes into the club and he gets surrounded by the people wanting to take pictures with them, 
there's a Monster High doll there. And mm-hmm. it's in the cartoon, I mean, the, the 3D animation look that is pulled straight from... But it also makes sense because that's what you would do. Right. Right, that's why you avatar. see like, yeah. um, Hello Kitty. Because like, again, if you yeah. did it as Star Wars, you would have people that would have the Clone Wars version of it. Right. Or they'd have, hell, you'd have someone that has an affinity for PlayStation's Masters of Terracossi, and you'd have that weird blocky type yeah. you know, thing for it. So, But that's why some of that stuff was easy. It was really easy for them to pull and put in this because they already have the digital renderings for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So a movie like this really re- lends itself to being able to to do that and throw just about anything in there that you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris, so, I mean... We already know how I feel. <laughs> the dodge the but going into the movie, was it more or less of what you expected? This is about what I expected, to tell you the truth. Yeah? Because I, I knew it wouldn't be the book. Right. it couldn't be. I knew it wasn't going to be... Compl- well... I was pretty sure it wouldn't be completely terrible. Right. You know, there's always that off chance you're watching going, no. Are you surprised at how well it's done? Not really. I mean, it's done okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, was it, a little surprised because... Well, you had it one week and then you had Quiet Place kick its ass. Right. And then you had Quiet Place and Rampage kick its ass. So... Did Ram- no, Rampage is number one. Rampage is it? Quiet yep. Place, yeah. Wow. It the, started... To, started, not, to not right, be yeah. there were a lot two, of Saturdays but then, that Rampage yeah. was doing Saturday, Saturday's numbers will it's going to be close but well that's uh, like last week uh, Ready Player One was like third behind um, Quiet Place and something else but ended up Probably finishing Jesus movie. what? Probably <laughs> Jesus movie <laughs> but it ended up finishing second for it I mean, we have seen the overseas numbers have just been amazing for this. Well, yeah, I'm because it, it translates well into, hey, look at this. It's Here's the guys from Halo. Oh, yeah, well, yeah and China movie. loves those eye candy movies. Yeah, so it's a basic it's, bitch it's, movie. It's a again, it was it was fine. It's not to me. I think you lose a lot of it if you know what the book is, because yes. going in like. You've already built what the Oasis looks like in your head and all those pieces. So when you go in and see it, you're like, yeah, it's pretty much what I thought. Right. Um, so I think some of that, that, hey, this is interesting or this is innovative isn't there. But I said, it was fine. It's, I'm just sort of on the level of it. Um, yeah, I, I love the movie. I, I mean, I, we I all could, know you love the movie. I could find faults with it. Um, but I know you're gonna buy it digital before it comes out, and then you're gonna buy 4K <laughs> Blu-ray extra K, then you're gonna buy the live action version, <laughs> live action. and then you're gonna go see it when it goes on to Broadway. Well, let's see. It, uh, right now, I was That'd just looking at funny. Wouldn't it be interesting? The most most cut down way that you could present it in any way, shape, or form would be a stage play. I, oh. That would be like it's just like doing Spider Man going. How the hell do you do Spider Man as a well? The, uh, James Corden, Corbin did that. the uh, 4D Thor Ragnarok, where it's really, literally just them like yeah. dress up in like Party City costumes. Yeah. What you here's how you do it. You have like um, augmented reality mm-hmm. visors. So when they're in the Oasis, okay. Do you, you know how much put, a Broadway? I know. Ticket costs you, right you would now. Put on the augmented Remember reality. when Hamilton was like four hundred dollars sure. a ticket? What well, do you, you think that's gonna be to give everybody but I'm VR saying glasses? You, you have the augmented reality of when you're sitting there, so you have the live action people on there no. with augmented reality. Well then you, you might as well just put on the put on the things and show the movie. <laughs> that's sure. the that'd be the ultimate joke. So the, the, the play, movie but... domestically has done hundred and fourteen million and foreign it's done three hundred and sixty. 
So it's done 474 million worldwide. Yeah, but I don't know how much more. It'll go up to 500. It'll probably hit 500. I would say. Oh yeah, no, I'm talking domestic at 115. Domestic, it'll be lucky if it hits 200. It's not going to hit 200. I don't think. Um, But it is the highest grossing Steven Spielberg movie in years. Which yes, because he's done Oscar bait. That's no. why. Yeah. He does Bridge of Spies and War Horse. I love it. They're saying that it's the most popcorny popcorn movie that Steven Spielberg's made in years. That's the thing is when he makes these types of films This is why he remember, started. I know. But he started with these with more of an edge and more of something that I think really was good. I'd like to yeah, see this, he was seeing this movie. Not married. I know Indy 5 is not going to be better than Indy 4. Right. Because he's going to make the same damn type of film for four-year-olds. And he's not going to give it the edge that that type of movie to really make a Maybe good... he learned. He didn't. He just made Radio Player 1. But that's, I a, mean, different, that's... that's a different... But it, look, he's got it. He, had, he can make the decision whether to make a film that's going to have a little bit more of an edge and a bite and a feeling to it. And, you know, maybe I don't clear Halo and maybe I don't clear Mecha Godzilla, but I'm going to make a film that actually is going to have characters that people are going to care about. I've always said characterization is also one of those buzzwords that nobody likes, but really with this, it's just, or nobody understands, but this is just not, they're all interchangeable. Do you like Zach Penn as a writer? He's fine. I mean, he, you know, he was a writer on Avengers, what, X2, things like that. I mean, X2 is one of my favorites, yeah. but again, how much has he. And, and writers are up and down. I mean, he's, you know, you've got writers that you really love that you can't, you know, same writers wrote all three Batman films and some people hate the third one, right? That's true. You had Orsi and What's-His-Face do Transformers and you're like, oh, that's not that bad. And they did Transformers 4 and you're like, they should be thrown into space. <laughs> and now they're writing, now Fast and the Furious has a spinoff. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, they talked to, the, yeah. Because those two guys Maybe can talk to each couple spinoffs of it. Oh, <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I, I, I knew right, this movie on. was going to be different going into it. Uh, you know, one of the things I said was Douglas, uh, Douglas Adams, who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, had been asked years ago, you know, what is the most, what is the definitive version of Hitchhiker's Guide? Because the book's been changed a couple of times. There's been, you know, radio dramas done, BBC did, a television, you know, a limited television series. And then the movie, which he knew a movie was being made before he died, but he was asked, what is the definitive version? What do you consider? And he said... The one point, that makes me the most money. Well, no, the point why he said, it depends, it, it's not up to me to decide that. It's up to the fans that are watching or listening or reading this to decide which one is their, what they consider their version. So I knew going, you know, going into this movie, I, wanted, I knew it's going to be different, and I was okay with that. I just hoped that they paid respect to the original material instead of like some of these things where you see, you know, they just completely throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. I missed that scene. <laughs> All right, so yes, uh, Ready Player One is definitely worth seeing. It's definitely worth picking up when Later. it comes out. And if they ever do an Oasis, it's definitely worth uh, going to the Oasis. I would go there. I, I would buy it. Well, we know you would. You would not turn away any Come on, chance think about to it. escape reality. I'd, I'd try not just it. I don't know reality, why. But to be able to have your own X-Wing or Planet of whatever yeah, you, you want. You play video it. games like that, though. For me, I'd try it, but I'd probably be like, eh, I don't give a crap. But right. they have a photorealistic 
where you feel like you're getting into it, where you know you're in an augmented reality suit where you pull it, back on the the. If I have the suit that Parzival has, yeah, sure, yeah. I, <laughs> if it's just the gloves, you don't. If care. it's just the gloves and the glass, the yeah. screen, I can. You want less. somebody to kick you in the balls, and you feel like well, I don't really want to get kicked in the balls, but whatever Artemis was doing, yeah, I'm down for that. But <laughs> but I think that's what it would all be used for did, anyway. Did you like the, so yes, yeah, I got it with the uh, uh, with the. Uh, Nano mesh or whatever, nano mesh crotch or something, and she goes, "Oh, really?" It slides up, and you just see the hand, <laughs> the red on the screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, light up. Well, it's funny because in the book they talk about where you can get haptic dolls and you know things to make it feel like you're actually having sex. And he said that after he, you know, once he and Artemis kind of broke up, so to speak, in the book mm-hmm. or in the movie or shit, in the Oasis that he got this extra haptic thing and he said that he had to get rid of it because that's all he was doing. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the problem with and all said, that. And he says he says you know I'm still a virgin because all I'm doing this isn't real yeah. and I might as well just if this is the case I'm wasting all my time I might as well just spank the monkey the normal way. <laughs> uh, so on that note we're <laughs> <laughs> on the note of spanking the monkey what a happy a, ending yeah we gave ourselves Stupid. a happy ending with that one so make sure you check us out on facebook.com slash nerdables and instagram as nerdables and on twitter at nerdables show and let us know what you think of ready player one so for the departed chris ethan and mikey i'm already saying we'll talk to you next week i was gonna say we'll see you in the